as I mentioned, I was feeling um, sick earlier this week. A couple of days, I was really out of it. It's this weird thing I've gotten a couple of times over the last few years. It's this this weird stomach thing. It's not a bug or anything, and I, I don't know what it is, but it usually lasts like 30, 36, 40 hours, and then I'm fine, um, and that's what happened. So, um, but whenever I'm uncomfortable or not feeling well, for me, it always brings up the teachings of, um, you know, the, 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 the four messengers that the Buddha, uh, uh, encountered there's the story of I'm sure you've all familiar with the story the Buddha was raised in very very um, as the story goes he was raised in very comfortable circumstances and his his father tried to protect him from the world from the reality Um, and he at some point went out with one of his attendants and saw an old man, a sick man, a corpse, and then a, a, a sadhu, a wise person, um, one of the, the sages that were very common in India at that time, spiritual teachers. And he asked this atten- he asked the attendant when he saw these these three, originally these three, it's like old, sick, dead. And the, his attendant said, yep, that's going to happen to you. Um, and so then he realized, uh, you know, that there was suffering in this world. His father tried to protect him from it. And so he went out. He left his wife. He left his newborn child. He left his family. He left the comforts of home. And he went out and he started practicing and studying with all these wise people. So that that's the story of the what they often call the heavenly messengers. It's not actually in any of the suttas. It's kind of a later collection of um, different different pieces of different suttas, but it's a it's a teaching, and and so I was thinking about that this week because I wasn't feeling well. But then I also remembered. Last week, I spoke about a friend who I had spoken to a friend or I'd heard about a friend who I've known for 40 years who is uh, ill and she's been ill for many years, but it's finally at that point where there's nothing that can be done. And um, I talked to her for a while on Sunday and then I found out yesterday that she's going into hospice next week. So, you know, that's time is pretty short. And so that that awareness of aging and sickness and death and and then on retreat I was on retreat a couple of weeks ago and I had this real intense sense um, insight understanding of anicca uh, impermanence this real not even a personal sense of impermanence but this just a deep understanding of impermanence and and how everything changes everything changes. You know, I reflected on the death of someone in um, December who had had a very huge impact on me. And I hadn't seen him in years, but I used to, I went on retreat with him every November for 22 years. And not only was I reflecting on his passing, but I was reflecting on the, the people that I used to go with and the fun, it wasn't a silent retreat and we used to laugh and have fun and eat a bunch of junk food in the evenings. And, you know, those moments 
that seemed like they would go on forever and they've been gone for years. And so there's that, all those emotions around loss and um, passing and, and then, and then, of course, it just goes on, and I had a sense of all the people who have lived in this world over all the bazillions of years that people have been on this planet. And, you know, and we read about them in print, and they're, <coughs> excuse me, they're, they're two-dimensional. And, you know, but every life is a biography. I just finished a book yesterday about this woman, Toni Stone. She was the first professional first woman to play professional baseball. She played in the Negro Leagues back in the 50s after, after Jackie Robinson um, integrated the major leagues. The Negro Leagues were struggling after that, and she, she, was, uh, she had played baseball for years, and she was, became a professional baseball player. So it was her story, and the, the flesh and blood, and you know the, the, the pleasure, the pain, the the, the joys and the sorrows that we all have and it all ends everything ends and so this big sense of this is just kind of hanging out um you know and we try so hard we try so hard to hold tight to what we love and we work so hard to get what we want that the idea that it's going to pass can be so painful. Even me with my, my little sickness this week, um, I, can, I, I, I don't linger there, but there's always the thought, hmm, is this it? Is, is it going to get better or is it going to get worse? There's always that question because there's always, at one, one day, it's not going to get better. I might get hit by a truck before then, but there's going to come a point where it's going to end for all of us, you know, and because I am aging, we're all aging, we're all older now, we're all closer to death than we were when this class started, it, which is um, one of these, this is a, a I think a, a Tisha who was a, um, I can't remember when he lived, maybe a thousand years ago, who had these, these uh, remembrances about uh, dying and death, one of which is, you know, each moment you're closer to death. Um, and it's like, and it's not a more, it's not in a, this reflection is not morbid in, for me at all. It's simply a sense of reality. And then I land on the five remembrances, which are, um, you all know that. What is it? We are all of the nature. I am subject to aging. Aging is unavoidable. This is from one of, this is in the suttas. Um, I am subject to aging. Aging is unavoidable. I am subject to sickness. Sickness is unavoidable. I am subject to death. Death is unavoidable. I will grow different, separate from all that is dear and appealing to me. I am the owner of my actions, heir to my actions, born of my actions, related through my actions, and live dependent on my actions. Whatever I do, I do for good or for ill. To that I will fall heir. So it's really this, this recognition of the impermanence, recognition of the continual shifting and changing of life. And to bring a sense 
or come to a sense of, if not ease, maybe even just awareness, I don't even want to say agreement. If you can become comfortable with those uh, realities, uh, but even just acknowledging that, and even when people start thinking about this, because we live in such a land of denial. I saw a commercial, I think it was last night, this guy was like, hi. He comes up and he's like, I'm 31 years old, and I was with a group of friends, and somebody took a picture of us, and I looked at my picture, and all I could see was the wrinkles on my face. But now I have Botox, and it's like, you're 30 years old. And when he, you know, they had the before and after, and I'm like, I can't see a difference. I cannot see a difference, but, but that's the world we live in right now. I'm 30. I better start pretending I'm not. Um, it's extraordinary, and it's so painful because we can't get away from it. We cannot. And so if we can just greet this moment right now, it's like this. How do we hold this? Um, you know, this, but going back to the story of the Buddha and the messengers, it's, it's, it imparts a message. And it says, um, this is from Bhikkhu Bodhi, and he says, um, we generally live in a condition that the Buddha describes by the term pamada, negligence or heedlessness. Basically, we're deluded. We're in denial. And the Buddha, I mean, the Buddha, when he was Siddhartha Gautama, before he was awakened, when his father kept him in this, this bubble, um, he was in this place of, of um, not being aware of the reality. Imagining ourselves immortal and the world our personal playground, we devote our energies to the accumulation of wealth, the enjoyment of sensual pleasures, the achievement of status, the quest for fame and renown. You know? Because the remedy for this is the, the same quality that was aroused in the Buddha when he met the divine measures. Samvega, this sense of urgency or this shock that does not allow us to rest content. That we become aware, we wake up to this very truth of Anicca. What's going on? This this reality of um, did I lost my paper? But this shock of right now it's like this. I am of the nature to grow old. I am of the nature to die. I am of the nature to get sick. We are jolted into that awareness and become make friends with it. I was talking to someone earlier about inviting demons in for tea. You know, it's like we can fight them. We can have fist fights with reality. We can use Botox. We can take drugs. We can run marathons. We can do whatever they tell us to do. And we're still going to die. Our friends will still go away. We're still going to lose, become separated from everything that is near and dear and appealing to us. How do we hold that? How do we turn towards that without needing it to be different? Tzipiku Analio says, In sum, the function of the divine messengers, be they one or three or five, 
is to illustrate the importance of being aware of the basic predic predicaments of human life. To be aware of the human condition. I was so pissed off at the human condition. I, was, I don't know if I was aware I was pissed off. But I didn't want it to apply to me. I did not want to have to play by the rules of the world. And it's not, it wasn't conscious. It wasn't intentional. I think it was fear-based. I think it was based out of, you know, the experiences we have growing up, those voices we're told, those voices that tell us this or that or the other, we're good enough, we're not good enough, we're, we're okay, we're not okay, we belong, we, we don't belong. That, that, that drive this fear, that drive this, this yearning to have it all okay, to have it fixed, to get to the place where once I get to this place, then everything will be okay. And we all have different versions of that. We're all different people. We all have different backgrounds. We're all different biographies. And, but once we get that, whatever it is, fill in the blank, then we'll be able to breathe easier. But this teacher, the Buddha's like, no, no. You know, he said, what was, um, he, Bhikkhu, um, Bhikkhu Bodhi said, the spurs to awakening, this realization of sickness, old age, death, impermanence, those spurs press in on us from all sides. We see it everywhere. Oh my gosh, the earthquake in Turkey and Syria. I mean, how insane is that? One minute life is happening and the next minute the world is totally upside down and changed forever. You know, how do we hold that? Um, but the reality is, you know, we might try to hide from it, but the reality is coming in from all sides. Yet, all too often, instead of acknowledging them, we respond simply by putting on another a layer of clothes to protect ourselves from their sting. We do whatever we have to do. We fight. We, we chase more money. We chase more sensual pleasure. We, we declare war on somebody else because they're in our way. Whatever it is, we won't sit still and feel. Because it's not easy. Coming to terms with this reality can be so challenging because we live in a society that says, if you do the right thing, you won't have to experience this. You can pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That's the line we get. And then you won't have to feel. You will win the prize and live happily ever after. I don't know anyone who's lived happily. Well, you know, what is that definition of happily ever after? Can I be at ease with this moment? I think that's happily ever after. Can I let go of needing things to be a certain way? Can I let go of judging myself and others? Can I let go of my most cherished ideas, whether they're pleasant or not? Just as the Buddha let go of his privileged life to search for the, the true meaning, uh, the end of suffering, 
you know? Can I get that sense of samvega, that urgency that recognizes it's real, that drives us to change the way we move through the world, to begin to recognize those mental habits and break free of that trance. Tara Brock always talks about the trance. The Buddha talked about being entangled in these fabricated stories, you know? And once we are willing to see the reality, then it's hard not to see the reality and we begin to become familiar. We begin to become comfortable and then we see it's just part of the, the fabric of our lives, the fabric of existence. And we get to, the practice is what we're facing in the moment. That's what the practice is. The practice is what is, what are you struggling with right now? That's where the practice is. So if this is a, these, these thoughts, these experiences, these, this teaching is a challenge, that's what we greet. That's what we say, what's here right now? How does this feel? You know? We have to touch it. We have to be with it. We can't go around it. There's, there's plenty of spiritual bypasses. I, I know lots of people who go, ah, it's impermanent, and just kind of slough off the reality of impermanence and kind of slide through without really experiencing the sensations, the difficult emotions that can arise. Like, there is loss. The Buddha talked about this, the, 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 noble, the Four Noble Truths. There is loss. Birth, death, sickness, old age. Be, this, these remembrances are dukkha. You know? How do, we, how do we hold that? There is discomfort. But our intensification of this discomfort is when we don't want it to be that way, when we can't greet it. You know? So... That's kind of where my head's been at the last week, the last few days. How am I holding all of this? For me, it's been a sense of, yeah, this is it. This is it. This is the reality. There's loss. Sometimes there's sadness. Sometimes there's gratitude for the experiences. There's a tremendous amount of gratitude for the ability to appreciate life. Um, whatever it's been, it's been incredibly challenging in a lot of ways. My life has not always been a bed of roses. Um, but it's also been uh, a life of great joy. And the, the more I sit in this practice, the greater the ease there is with this reality. I'm really heartbroken about this person I knew who died in December and I'm really sad about my friend who's going into hospice and but she and I had a really good talk because she's totally prepared she and her partner are like okay okay and it was actually really quite comforting to talk to her um because she she kind of gets it this is this is part of life so anyway um i'm really um 
thank you. I, I actually said I didn't have a lot, um, but I want you to reflect, you know, at some point, how do you hold this teaching? Is this a challenging place for you? Is this a place that you've um, come to some kind of ease with? And if it is challenging, how do you hold yourself with kindness and compassion? Are you willing to let go of your most cherished ideas or, or uh, beliefs on how things should be? Uh, impermanence. It's, I still want to get a tattoo that says Anicca, which is impermanence in um, Pali. Uh, I haven't. I've been wanting to get one for years. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get one. But if I don't get it sooner or later, at some point, it'll be too late. Because we just think we have time. That's one of the myths. We think we have time, and then all of a sudden, time is gone. And so to recognize that we don't always have time. I had... I went to Syria a lot uh, with my archaeology, and I bought some rugs. I bought some really beautiful rugs, and I put them in the closet. I don't know why I put them in the closet, because I'm probably not going to leave this house. or This is the house I plan to stay in for the foreseeable future. And moths got into them, and so they're all ruined. <laughs> so it's like, oh. It's like I had this, someday I'll put them out. And then... That day came and went because they're gone. But that's just, that's what happens. And so there's, what we have is this moment. The actions we take in this moment. That's, that's where our life is. That's what the, we are heir to. What does it say? I am the owner of my actions, heir to my actions, born of my actions. Live dependent on my, on my actions. Whatever I do, I do for good or for ill. To that I will fall heir. Excuse me, there's a cat up there knocking things. You knocked a candle off. And so now there's wax all over the floor. Oh, well. Anyway, um, what do you do in this moment? How do you greet this moment? What action do you take in this moment? Let these teachings guide you. Not the story about what should be or what shouldn't be or those voices, those fabricated stories, those shoulds and should nots. Be with what is. What, what direction you want to walk in. That's the, that's the action you take. So... Thank you, thank you, thank you, my friends, for your kind attention. Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.